Welcome to All Things Financial Management, an ASMC podcast sponsored by GuideHouse, where we discuss all things under the auspices of the Comptroller's Office and address top-of-mind issues in the financial management community. My name is Tom Rhodes. I'm a partner with GuideHouse, where I work with clients across the DoD and other government agencies to transform and optimize their financial management functions. I'll be your host for today's podcast. For those of you who may be new to this podcast series, let me take just a moment to provide some background on the American Society of Military Comptrollers. The American Society of Military Comptrollers, or ASMC, is the nonprofit educational and professional organization for individuals, military, civilian, corporate, or retired, involved or interested in the field of defense financial management. ASMC promotes the education and training of its members and supports the development and advancement of the profession of defense financial management. The society provides membership, education and professional development, and certification programs to keep members and the overall financial management community abreast of current issues and encourages the exchange of information, techniques, and approaches. And with that, I'd like to introduce our guest for today's podcast. Mr. Wesley Miller. Mr. Miller was appointed to the Senior Executive Service in May of 2003. He served as the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Army for Financial Operations, where he was responsible for oversight and integration of all Army policies, programs, systems, and procedures designed to develop, improve, and maintain the Army's financial accountability, ability to produce audible financial statements, and internal management control programs. Prior to that, Mr. Miller was previously assigned as the Director of Resource Management, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, where he was responsible for planning, developing, coordinating, advising on, and directing all activities of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Integrated Financial Management Systems. Mr. Miller, thanks for joining us today for our podcast. We'll start, as we mentioned there, as far as my story and how did I ever get involved with financial management? Actually, it was back when I was in high school. I started to pick up as far as my particular learning disabilities and then where my strengths were. And my strengths were mathematically. And so I started taking bookkeeping and accounting courses. And I liked that. Now, my mom was working bookkeeping and accounting. And so it was natural for me to pick that up. But I had and still have uh, a reading disability. Okay. Uh, that's why I never I, knew that. Oh, that's why <laughs> I, I hate, I hate um, uh, you know, emails and, and that yeah. type stuff. I depend a lot on oral communication and learning through vision. So I picked that up. I knew what it was. So I decided to, to go into accounting and I found out that I liked it. I loved the, the practice book sets that we used to have back in the old days. And so I started and I focused that way and I did well. So then when it came time, as far as to go, go through college, then I went with reserve officer training course then. So I did well, did well enough that they branched me to finance corps. And so I came into the army thinking that I would be staying three years, but I liked it so well. And what I learned as far as those initial assignments was about the necessity to rigidly apply a new system. We were adopting Jumps Army at the time, and, and, and it was very strict as far as the implementation. If you didn't implement according to the standard business process that they had, then individuals were subject to be removed. Really? Oh, yes. It was that. It was that harsh. 
So I saw that, and I think that that was partly the success as far as the conversion from a strictly manual system into an automated system that worked. And yes, there were hiccups, but they had done the things up front as far as that they had the, the business process laid out. They had the implementing procedures. They had the document flow. And then they had an inspection team that would come and inspect that make sure that you did that that way. And that continued for a good 10 years. Really? Yeah. yeah it, and it was that strict. We don't do that type of implementation that strictly now. And so I think that was part of the problem. And we will get to that later. Back to my career. So I started to progress. You know, I had some hiccups as far as changes within the system, the way the evaluation systems work. And, and you have to know those as far as... Uh, to see as far as where you're going to go and you have to trust the evaluation system and make sure that you're doing what you can in order to make the evaluation system work and it's reflective as far as that you have an opportunity to reflect your particular skills. If there was anything that I learned is as far as if you have to accept responsibility, you have to go out there and you have to reach forward and see the things that are important to the Army and make sure that you're that you're looking at those first, okay? Yeah. That you, you you take care of mission, you take care of your people, and you take care of yourself last. And that's generally the way that life goes, yeah. that you have to look at those particular priorities and, and how you're going to uh, implement yourself. Uh, so let's uh, jump forward to, to mid-career. So I went through those installation type assignments, and then I, you know, I told my assignments um, officer that I want to be put into a position that people can see that what I can actually contribute to the Army. And so I had an assignment out with the Finance and Accounting Center and was able to go through there and start to see as far as what happens at that service at a national level, national being Army, mm -hmm. at Army level. Mm -hmm. So I was able to do that. I was in selected for command and went out for command. And then I came back and started working within the Pentagon on the budget side. That was going fine and dandy. And then we had this thing as far as for 9-11 and then going into Iraq. So the Iraq and the administration, uh, the Coalition Provisional Authority. Now, that was a civilian entity. So there's the Army element. There's the civilian element. And what they, I was a new SES at the time, and they gave me the responsibility to oversee as far as what was happening on, on the Iraq side, on the reconstruction side uh, and the appropriation. There, So I was given that responsibility and I was able to pull together some very strong people that were able to help with that. Bob Spear was one of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that Bob Spear, uh, he came out of the, the finance school and went over and implemented CFMs within Iraq. And they had their own instance of CFMs and they were taking care of the $18 billion. And, and Bob was very helpful as far as getting that set up. Well, how did that happen? Uh, Acting Secretary of the Army, Les Brownlee. I was advising him on these types of things and the coalition provisional authority came in and asked for our help mm -hmm. as far as for accounting support. And so I'd remembered something that uh, Secretary Rumsfeld said when they asked what was reconstruction. And he says, I don't know, it, but it sounds a whole lot like construction to me. Mm -hmm. So when uh, asked to provide an accounting system, that was where I went to Corps of Engineers and got CFMS and said, we needed a, a, a construction management system over to help with these funds. And so we were able to do that and set it up that way. Mm -hmm. That started my association as far as with the Corps of Engineers. Mm -hmm. So they knew my name. And so when it was time to uh, name a new CFO, they named me. And so Corps at the time, they had completed implementing their CFM system 
we had used it, so I was familiar with it. Then just pushing that forward to get a, a, a record audit. The experience as far as within Iraq led to me then having been familiar with the mission, familiar with the core, as I was then selected to be their, their chief financial officer. So we began that particular journey. I say we began that journey. Actually, the core had begun in their implementation schedule for CFMS. As they put different organizations online, they were audited forward from that particular point. Now, that was with uh, the Army's audit agency, but then we were going to go to a commercial agency. So Army Audit was providing initial audit service, but we continued to go on. It took a number of years after we started our audit process that we went through. So I had about two and a half years as far as for the audit preparation and getting ready for that. While there began the association as far as with the private audit firms and the commercial firms as far as coming in and that time as far as initially with while I was there it was PwC and then it switched uh, over to KPMG. But we went through and, and we received that first audit opinion and the difficulty to get through the audit just to get individuals comfortable with an audit to give an opinion because it is reputation. Okay. And uh, it's reputation of not only the commercial audit firms, but it's one as far as DODIG also. And they're very cautious as far as to give an opinion and it, and it takes lots of people to help out. And I had much help as far as with, with doing that. I had personal advisors that were helping me that were outside of the Corps of Engineers, individual that's quite famous uh, within Army, as far as Ernie Gregory was one of my advisors. Uh -huh. And another was Roger Scarce. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so I asked those guys for, for their particular help as far as guiding me, because an initial opinion like that at the time was going all the way up to OMB. Office of Management and Budget had uh, oversight and we, the Corps, had been working with OMB as far as on the preparation and a, a green to gold program is what they called it. And that way you had another federal agency that already had an audit opinion, was giving you advice. So I had lots of help to help me. It wasn't, it certainly wasn't me alone that was able to get that audit opinion, but well, it, was really, it was really teamwork uh, on the part of many people. My personal advisors, the audit firm, they were on our side too. Well, we're seeing across the department how hard it is to uh, accomplish that feat. That's no small thing. So congratulations and a job well done there. Well, uh, uh, thank you. I wish I could have repeated it up at Army level, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I did stay there with the Corps for 10 years. And during that period, we received eight audit opinions. And, and you know, the way that audit opinions go is when you initially start out, it isn't as clean as you would like for it to be. So you do have deficiencies that are still there. Uh, but then you can start working those down. It took us three years to work down to having no major deficiencies. It was one as far as largely respected by core members in knowing that it was a big accomplishment for, the, for them. And they still take pride as far as doing that the right way. I enjoyed my time with the core, an organization as far as made up with professionals and they want to do things the right way. And that's not to say that people within the army at large don't want to do the right thing. I think in many cases, they don't know exactly what the right thing may be. Mm -hmm. uh, people think that they have a certain degree of latitude as far as what particular changes they are, and they really don't. Uh, people like to use the term business process re-engineering. And that kind of makes me curl a little bit because people think that they are going to modify the accounting system or change the accounting system. That's not what this is about. 
it's business process standardization, but it's talking about adoption of the ERP so that the accounting is in fact done the right way. And then what you're changing is you're changing your business process, your functional business process to align with the accounting system. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people think that they have greater latitude than that. They just don't want to grasp it. Mm -hmm. That is the one thing that I would like to see the Department of Defense embrace yeah. as far as realizing, as far as that, no, we're not going to change the accounting system. The accounting system, it will do many things for you. It will set it up so that you can do business functions different ways, whether it's through direct funding or whether it's through reimbursable funding or whether it's through a direct fund site or funds transfer. The accounting system has to be able to do all of those things. It can't say one particular way is going to meet all particular items. So the accounting system has to have that flexibility in order to take the approved processes for different funding techniques and to adopt those. Uh, that's uh, what I see is as far as one of the biggest challenges that there is going to continue to be as far as within uh, defense, as far as getting the business process ironed out and what is going to be used there. Well, Mr. Miller, thank you for those perspectives and, and insights. And, you know, we're recording this at ASMC's PDI. And at this PDI, you were awarded the ASMC National Presidential Award. And first of all, having known you for several years, I would like to say thank you for your service and thank you for all that you've done for the Army. Well, thank you. I don't consider it me. I'm just the example of an individual. You stay someplace 50 years, you're eventually going to, you're <laughs> going to have to go one, but number two, you're eventually going to be recognized in some ways. But when recognized, it's not about really what you did personally. It's about how you were able to get help from other people. Mm -hmm. uh, many people, including you, Tom, you've been very helpful uh, and the, the teams that you have always provided to help us. But there are many out there the same way. But it's what those individuals, they do, how you can collectively put that together and accomplish some things. And I, I certainly appreciate what help I have been given. I appreciate all the, you know, when you, you come up at this time, and yes, you start having memory lapses and that type of thing. So I'm in one of those stages where a whole lot more people know me than I know them. I can't remember names and stuff like that. So it's, that, starts, that starts to happen. You always remember the face and, you know, and just having someone come up and say hello means so much that, you know, that there's still that closeness and that people appreciate it as far as being able to help them out. So uh, it touches me. It touches me a lot. The way that people still feel about me. I'm right. And so I feel very good about it. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think it's a reflection of the number of people that you've touched over the course of your career. And it's being reciprocated at this time. And now that you're retired and going to enjoy the hills of northern Georgia, one of the questions that we would like to ask is, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give a new careerist who's just starting their, their career out in federal service? Yes, the most important trainer that we ever come across is ourselves, okay? Is number one, we have to become committed as far as what we're, what we're doing. We have to... Uh, know yourself, and then you have to look as far as those particular items that are important and fill you as an individual. Mm -hmm. So you have that responsibility to, to make sure that you do the self-assessment, know what particular career path to choose, and then go out and get it done. 
I like the certification programs that we have. I like both of them. They do different things for us. By buying into those particular systems, then you start to know as far as, well, well there, there are differences. They teach you or you learn about yourself through different, um, dis different testing techniques. I like those, but it starts to broaden you as far as what is important to the professional series. You can't criticize it if you haven't done it, mm -hmm. okay? I mean, if, if you aren't DOD FM certified, you can't say that it's a bunch of bull, okay? Mm -hmm. You have to uh, realize that, that you have to buy in and understand as far as what it does then you can criticize it. Okay. <laughs> after you become certified, after you become certified, then you can criticize it and say, these are some improvements that we need to make. There is that particular portion as far as new individuals having to know that they're not going to be spoon fed, that they have to buy in, they have to make sacrifices themselves. Okay. Mentioned a little bit earlier, it's mission. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is others. And then it's yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to buy into all three of those particular aspects as far as what you're going forward and what you're doing. That's great advice. I really want to thank you, Mr. Miller, for personally, for the mentorship that you've offered me over the course of my career and our, our team that have supported you in different capacities have all loved working for you and want to say thank you for that. And definitely want to thank you on behalf of ASMC for your time today and taking time out of your busy schedule to record this with us. So thank you very well, much. Well, thank you, Tom. You know, it is, you use the word love. Okay. And there is that, I mean, you have to love yourself. You have to love your job. You have to love what you're doing uh, in order to have that particular enthusiasm. And I hope that in some way that I've been infectious in being able to pass that on to others. Well said. And thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Financial Management, an ASMC podcast series sponsored by GuideHouse. You can find all our episodes on ASMC's Engage platform and at our website, guidehouse.com, All Things Financial Management.